0: Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's programme with Kiri Kermode and Simon Clark. And you've been celebrating new businesses... Uh in a fairly new business premises as well at the Noah Bay Case.
1: Yes, I popped along to talk about the homegrown talent here on the Isle of Man and I listened to some of the people that started their new businesses and to see their backstories and how successful things have been here on the Isle of Man, producing their own produce.
0: Mm. I was at the Root Show, or now as it's known, the Kirk Andrus produce show uh, goes back many many years i think back as far as 1901 or something carry that wow. and uh, they've still got a lot of the traditional events that happen in there as well and it's nice that when you go there because it's so dear to my heart you know going to school in andreas and uh, even at school then we used to bring little bits and pieces of produce to the you know to the events even back in the olden days you know <laughs> and uh, it's just nice that some of the The people that have been living in Andreas and the surrounding farms for many, many years, they go there, and a lot of people now, even from the primary school at Andreas who are taking part so such a a variation in in produce and people that attend it
1: i do think it's great that the schools come on board to some of these old traditional events it really does keep it alive and that some of these children are really talented and it gives them a chance to express themselves doesn't it
0: does and you were at the community farm
1: yes it was a lovely open day uh one of the most sunniest days in september that we've had and it was hundreds of people there uh, turned out to see the animals, to see the hobbit houses, to see the hedgehogs. Um, it was just something for everybody.
0: Yeah, the hedgehogs.
1: Hedgehogs were lovely.
0: Yeah, because Sandy Hoyton, uh, she she started not that long ago as well. When we talk about the new businesses uh, that you were, you know, talking about the Noah Bake that's something that you know has, has been isolated on its no on its own now. You know, the people helping out and running this hedgehog charity, isn't it? That's
1: right. It's a little standalone charity and. And Sandy tries to get around to most of these public events and she's invited into schools to to make awareness of the hedgehogs and how we can prevent any injuries or uh, cattle grid stories and all sorts. And, And children are like sponges. They soak it all up and, yeah, hopefully a little bit of knowledge gets spread.
0: Well, we'll spread the knowledge to you now in this week's Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, many times on Countryside, we've spoken to people about diversification from many areas and walks of life on the Isle of Man, particularly in the food industry. And at the Noah Bakehouse last week, Kerry, there was a... A gathering of people who were uh, sharing their experiences.
1: That's right, I caught up with the Isle of Man Business Network group and DEFA to talk about some of the local businesses, their backstories, how they've come and how they survived in changing times in the food and drink industry. And I caught up with some of the people at the meeting to see how it was all going. Here with Richard Smith at Noah Bakehouse for a homegrown event from the Isle of Man Business Network. And tonight was really popular, Richard.
2: Really pleased to see so many people here, you know, supporting local businesses. Businesses, uh, local startups, and, and local producers, which is one of the reasons we wanted to do it. We'd seen a, a chap from the UK at Isle Expo a few months ago, Jimmy Craigine I think his name is, and, and he's started up a business in the UK doing iced coffee. And it was just so interesting uh, to hear his story about why he did it and, you know, as a committee, we sat there and talked about it afterwards and we thought, well, we've got so many people like that on the Isle of Man, uh, particularly in the last few years that have gone out on a limb in many cases, you know, to take the risk of starting up their own business, you know. And so we thought it would uh, be a good opportunity for our members um, and anybody else that wanted to come down and listen to their stories, you know, so we could hear about what inspired them to do it and how they've been getting on since they've done it and, just their experiences in general with the food market here, which seems really close-knit. We've heard some really, really positive stories about their experiences with, with with the government, with economic development, and with DEFRA, which is you know really, really good to hear because it's so important for the island.
1: And tonight, when they were talking about government, they said that the answer was always, oh, we'll think that through, or, or yes, it's very positive, whereas in other countries, obviously some of these people are from further afield, it's been quite negative, so that is a really good thing to have here on the Isle of Man.
2: Absolutely, and it, yeah, you're right, it's so good to hear, particularly when there are people that have come from, from other countries uh, around the world, as we heard, this evening and you know their experiences of government or local government are very negative compared to what we've heard tonight which again you know it's great for the island and and, and that's what we should be doing there you know, we should be encouraging these people to to, to go out there and, and do what they can you know because it just benefits everybody on the island.
1: But It just shows that local business it is a success people are willing to purchase local produce and some of these guys here you know, that they're younger you know, they're really really striving to make a go of it they're so passionate.
2: Yeah it is and it's, it's, it's very inspiring to listen to I'm stood here in a suit which obviously you won't see on the radio but it it almost uh, makes me want to give up my job tomorrow and start something else. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I will but hey-ho. But yeah, no, it's just fantastic for the island and it's a small population relatively. It's a small business community. The fact we can be here on an evening like this and help each other out, for me, is part and parcel of one of the reasons I love living here.
1: Their success stories will inspire so many people in this room here tonight at Nowhere.
2: Absolutely, let's hope so. It'd be great if, if people go away from this taking some confidence away that they may be able to go and do their own thing, you know. We heard from one particular uh, panel tonight, Paula, Paula's Kitchen, and, you know, she went to the food event at Isle Expo, Uh, last year and that is exactly the reason that she started out doing this that that gave her the confidence and the inspiration to to live her dream basically yeah
1: having an organization like yourself to bring people together it has to be positive
2: yeah we're primarily a networking organization we're run entirely by volunteers we're not for profit and all we do is we try and bring people together like we have this evening so that everybody can perhaps listen to somebody interesting speak we put on social events as well it's just a good way for people to meet different industries, different paths in their career. I'm very privileged to be able to do it here on the island. I love doing it.
1: Paula from Paula's Kitchen. Where did this all start out for you? Is it a small business, but it's obviously very successful now? It is a small
3: business. I actually run it from my cottage kitchen at home. But it's something I've been always been passionate about baking. But I never really thought that anyone would want to, you know, buy my produce. It was just just something that I did for my family. I've always been into health foods, and it came by chance really, just by taking some of my food, health foods, to work, and it just went down the storm. And everyone was wanting to eat it. And why don't you make it to buy? And I just sort of, you know, didn't really take it up then I was just just inspired by going to our expo last year listening to the foodies and how they started and it, it just sort of rung home with me that really that's what I want to do. I'm so passionate about it. Why not? So um, I took it from there. I, I also gave out a lot of food samples to people to try, to get positive feedback to see that it is, you know, good enough to actually go down the retail route. So even the postman, <laughs> you know, he he wasn't allowed to go until he tried some. But um, what range of products do you have? A range of granolas. I do four granolas. I try and use Manx produce as much as I can. So my last one I've just done was uh, made with Manx strawberries. And I'd love to do one with apples, if, um, if there's any left off the <laughs> apple orphanage have squashed them all. So, yeah, I do four granolas and I do raw
1: energy balls and brownies. In your talk tonight, you touched on don't be afraid. You know, ask and, and people will help and support you.
3: They will help there's there's loads of people that have um, done it again like Miles that have just sort of gone out there and, and taken that opportunity and run with it. It is a lot of hard work and it takes up an awful lot of time and energy but I think when you're that passionate about something and you know it's going to be beneficial to you and your family you find that raw energy from somewhere.
1: And tonight to hear the stories from other passionate guys that are doing their own produce, does it still give you the inspiration to carry on or even to be even more successful It does you know even me
3: coming tonight even though I know Charlotte and Will and, and Miles it's still an inspiration when you come and hear them and and relate to you that sometimes your business can go really, really well or it doesn't go so well and, you know, we're all human at the end of the day and um, we're all in it for, for one thing, is to make, you know, provide for our families or provide for one another and um, yeah, it's it's always inspiring coming to these events.
1: I guess with the, the small business schemes and some of the government support that they do offer will give people on the island maybe a bigger chance than if they are in a bigger a country or a city? It
3: will, they've, they've been really good to me. I knew nothing about running a small business and I just called in and, and had a bit of a chat with them about what I'd planned to do. Went through the application process and they put on a course for you where they give you a mentor and they give you great advice that you probably wouldn't get anywhere else.
1: It's all free, it doesn't cost you anything. I was Paula Dean from Paula's Kitchen and Richard Smith from the Isle of Man Business Network.
0: What a great opportunity, isn't it, for them to all to get together and find out how one business got going and how they actually got in there because getting your foot in the door seems to be the toughest bit doesn't
1: it oh it really does but they've got some passion the five people that we heard from that night have all done very very well Uh, some are only eight or ten months old and some are a couple of years but it just shows they're getting great support from the government and DEFA and DED to get their businesses up and running and they're sharing their stories and you know the positivity is rubbing off on each other to to make a good success of it
0: it is and getting the backing off the Isle of Man public is one of the toughest Ones, I would say is not oh definitely but they're
1: getting great support from local and people are looking for local produce by the sound of every one of them said it and it's just brilliant
0: mm. well one such produce arrangement was displayed at the Kirk Andrews produce show last week or as uh, so- north we call it the uh, Andrus Root Show and it's been going since about 1901 or something like that and uh, I went along spoke to some of the people who uh, are recent exhibitors in it and some of the people who remember it from many years back. Well John Quayle it's a uh, part and parcel of Andreas, isn't it? The Kirk Andrews produce show but I suppose when you were young it was the Root Show?
4: Yeah it was the Root Show. Great time we went from under school across to what was the church hall in those days and I can remember that there for the first couple of years I went to the Anders school and then when the um, RAF station closed at Andrus, commissioners got hold of the present hall that's held in now and they transferred the ritual to there which is a much bigger hall and at school we used to have to compete in those days in writing and drawing. We'd be with one of the teachers. Several of us would come down on the show morning to set up the, the drawings, etc., and all the, the schoolwork on the wall, as it still is today, as you come in the main hall on the left hand side. When you got older, you come to the show and you can remember more now than you could then. But um, the great thing would be competition for turnips or swedes and uh, all the farmers would be competing it's been said that there used to be on the sunday before the show they'd be different farmers would be going to other fellas fields and walking along the t- rows of turnips to try to find the best shaped turnips to compete against the others but all the seed firms that you'd be buying the turnip seed from uh, they would be given prices and great rivalry between all the the farmers at that time.
0: Yeah, was it was it very competitive, John, was it?
4: Absolutely. There'd be tables full of turnips in, turnips for sale, and the cattle swedes, really, because everybody was feeding uh, uh, swedes to, to cattle, and fattening cattle and all in those days, because every farm would have, what, seven or eight acres or more, depending on
0: the size of the farm. What's your name? George. You've won first prize with this flower, what is it? A dream. Did you grow it in your garden or how did you get it to the show here? Where did it start off? In that plant pot in my mum's greenhouse. Right, and that was back in June time? Yes. And what have you had to do to, to get it to these lovely flowers for, for the show today? I need to water it. Every day? But it's, it's a nice flower though, isn't it? You're gonna you're gonna bring something for next year as well? Yes. Good, well done. Belinda Leach, you've been involved in the preservative side of the root show or the produce showing, not just that, but how has the standard of jams and preserves been this year?
5: Wonderful competition, yes. This year, jams, jellies, chutneys, lots of entries, very competitive, been a super season for fruit. So I think that's helped. And it's nice to see familiar faces, but importantly, loads of new people in and having a go. How can
0: it change year by year? How can one person win at one year and somebody else the next when they've got the same sort of ingredients available?
5: I think it's also about presentation. There's a lot of competition among a lot of ladies who for many years have all entered chasing, for example, the Mrs. Brew Blackberry Jelly Cup. Is, it, so it's is that the quite cream of the,
0: of the prizes? <laughs> well, it? It,
5: it's a hard one to make, actually. But what's quite fun is, is the banter among all those people who go and try and get it. And I think when it's all over and we're mocked up our tears, we quite, like, congratulating the winner.
0: Yeah. Is anything changed in the process? Is there any sort of new developments in making jams and preservatives or pickles?
5: I think we're seeing some more exciting ingredients coming in. You know, we're seeing plum jelly but it's got cardamoms in or we're seeing quite a lot of chili going in so it's not staying traditional old-fashioned I think people are going back to it as well so many more people are trying to grow or forage their own veg and fruit to make things they're realizing it's about local food free food sometimes or certainly fresh food and then you're capturing it by cooking it well and demonstrating that here
0: well, Alan Radcliffe, congratulations. You've won uh, a few prizes with the spuds and carrots this year. How has it been growing them? Uh, it's not been a bad year for them, really. This um found it a bit better than last year, anyway. It's uh, had the rain at the right time, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, a good enough crop of spuds this year, so, yeah, we're happy enough. Is there a secret to it? Do you have to look after them much, or do you just sort of... You, I suppose you're growing them more for for your own use rather than specifically for the shows, are you? Yes, um, growing the spuds and the carrots for sale, so just growing them commercially, really, so, yeah. yeah. Put them in, yeah, and seed spuds, I think you've won with as well. I mean, is the so many, when I was a kid, you used to have this book with all the different varieties of uh, potatoes or spuds that were there. Is there still such a lot to choose from? Yes, it's, um, we grow a few different varieties,
2: you find different people have different tastes in spuds and some like red ones, some like white ones and some like uh, dry powdery ones. It just
0: just depends on, uh, on what kind of spud people like and what they're doing with them too. Well, you Radio, the secretary of this event, it looks like it's been a bit of a bumper year this year.
4: It's been very good, yes. The entries are all good. The flowers, the chrysanthemums, and the dahlias are a little bit down but the rest is...
0: But there's plenty for everyone, isn't it, for all the years that there's been entries for vegetables and fruits and flowers and confectionery in particular and young and old involved. But it surprised me when John Quayle was telling me that even when he was a kid at Andrea's school, they used to do stuff for The Root Show.
4: Well, when I went to Andrea's school, I did too. And it was in the old school then. And uh, we had half a day's holiday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for it, so... They give you the, the part she, off? We had half you? a day off, yes, yeah. to go, yeah.
0: But all in all, it, it's, been, it's been a good one, and I say there's been lots of young and old, even since I've been here today. Great enthusiasm, and appreciating the stuff and the effort that people have put in, isn't it?
4: That's right, and we've got quite a lot of new exhibitors too, which is good, and we like to encourage the children from school, you know, for to come, and uh, we ha- give them all a prize... They all get a pen for entering, so just to encourage them for the future.
0: There we are, some of the people that were at the Kirk Andrews Produce Show, or the Root Show, and again, the people who go many years, part and parcel. It's like the agricultural show to some of the people from up the north of the Isle of Man, going or or exhibiting in the, in the produce show, the Root Show.
1: There's a lot of competition though, isn't it? It's fierce you know, to get the straightest carrot or the, or the biggest leek. And they take such great pride, and the years and months of preparation that's gone into them, you know, it's absolutely yeah. worth it.
0: They've got something fairly unique, I suppose. They have the straw all spread out on the ground, and they wrap it up with, like, a, a wheel brace sort of thing, and they make, a like, a rope out of the straw. I think it's a gairn, it was called. Not a began, <laughs> something like that, but it, it, it's one of them uh, straw ropes, the name has escaped me. Uh, not quite look like uh, one of the old fairy monsters of the island Man's <laughs> but they are, you know, they, they all get up on that stage bit and uh, all take part together, and these are people you don't see very often, you don't get many words out of them. No. Yeah, you know, but the you great need a traditions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But
1: it's nice to see the great traditions continued, and the younger generation, and there's classes for so many children now to take part. There's no reason for these things to die out.
0: Yeah, and it's a hall. It's and the mole parish hall. It's very similar to the parish hall at Derby as well. It's that long, thin one with the with the peat roof on it. And it's just I just remember that when I was a kid, I went to Andrew's school before Derby school, and then the grammar school. So yeah, I've got it's, fond memories. of that. Special
1: memories. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual.
1: It's always nice for people to get out in the community and enjoy family days out. And I popped along to the Children's Centre, where the community farm held their annual autumn open day. I caught up with some of the people involved. It is a very exceptionally busy day the sun has obviously brought families out today.
6: It's all about the outdoors, that's kind of the, the point of the farm if you like, so yeah, a bit of sunshine helps.
1: Do you see days like today very important for children's upbringing?
6: Yeah, of course, yeah, you know, this is time that guys have spent together and they've spent it in a kind of, with a bit of fresh air. Hopefully learn something, you know, that it isn't just a, a turn up and look around, that there's opportunities to, to see the plants, ask a few questions about the animals, about the, the, uh, their life and their diet and their habitat. Maybe have a go yourself at something you haven't tried before. So yeah, no, it's, it isn't just a, just to pop in and look at the farm through the window. It's, it's come in and get, get hands on, but more importantly to do it together, you know, not, not just in ones and twos, the whole family have a go.
1: But it's not just a farm, it, you, you're open throughout the week. It's seven days a week here at the community farm.
6: Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is kind of our chance to show it to as many people as possible in a few hours. But yeah, it's a seven day thing. It's run predominantly as a school and a therapy centre. So we run about 30 sessions a week or up to 30 sessions a week with anyone. So we work with the primary schools, the high schools, social services, young adults, additional needs. The brownies are up, the birthday parties, events, stargazer nights. Yeah, it all counts. It's a busy old timetable. Well, it's
1: an opportunity for people that maybe haven't got the open space to go out and enjoy. You know, they can get stuck in it and hands on. It's just a wonderful environment, isn't it?
6: It is, yeah. And a part of it is just letting people know it's here, of course. Often, a nice thing about an open day is the kids can drag the parents up. They might have been with brownies and, and been on a couple of times with their school, but the folks haven't seen it. So yeah. today's the day they can show them what they planted, show them the animals they've been talking about etc etc yeah so it's nice for the whole family to come
1: but it's still obviously in it's in a rural setting here at walbury but it's an actual functioning farm as well as the school
6: the idea of the farm is it's as real as possible it's not just um we're not playing at it in the sense you know we, we do plow the fields with the kids we have a crop rotation the pigs aren't just there they're part of the um rotation of the land in terms of nutrition and stuff like that we genuinely do grow food you know the, the sheep are reared for real you know it's, it's not just um not just pets you know it's it's a proper the proper thing.
1: At school you follow curriculum, it just skims over a lot of topics. But do you think this kind of topic, where your food comes from, how to grow, how to look after the, the planet better, is really important.
6: It's so important, yeah, it's absolutely um, absolutely key. We don't believe this stuff is like extracurricular, this is absolutely key stuff in just terms of looking after yourself. You know, understanding your diet, understanding your surroundings and how you fit into it. Our understanding of, of a lot of these things is is maybe um, not what it was or, or in some cases is um yeah, a little bit disconnected you know things predominantly come off a shelf but it's about just understanding that you know having a chat about it for many people for most of us maybe sheep in a field is just furniture how often do you actually stop and consider them and wonder what it takes what their lives are like what can you learn from them same with milk from a cow it's another one you know we, how many gallons do we get through a through a week but how do you actually really understand what's going on the beehives as well you know you're vaguely aware that honey comes from uh from the bees but but how? And why? And, and what does it take? We thoroughly believe that through getting involved in that stuff, that it's not, you're not just learning about it, it does a lot for the spirit as well. That mm-hmm. if you take these things into your hands, take a few responsibilities and get stuck in, it actually lifts the spirit and, and it's good for morale as well. It's not just about teaching people. It's, it's, um, people love doing it, you know, and if only they could... Do more of it.
1: Sandy, you're obviously very busy with the Hedgehog Conservation Society, and you're here today at the Community
7: Farms Open Day. We're here representing Manx Hedgehog Conservation Society, which is a charity, um, and you know, the Community Farm is a charity, and I don't know whether people actually understand that.
1: So, you, you know, two charities working together. But for children and adults to Ooh. have a chance to hold a hedgehog, there's actually a wide awake and moving around, it's just phenomenal. Well, obviously, hedgehogs
7: are beautiful, very humble, mystical creatures because they're nocturnal and we have all our display boards out here hibernation of hedgehogs gardening with hedgehogs just for those people to just think a little bit more about what happens when we're gardening the dangers hibernation dangers We're coming now into that season, so that's another great reason why we're here. And all the hedgehogs that we have here with us today are rehabilitated in some way. We've got one here that's called Tank, and he is a tank. (laughs) He's uh, well over a 1,000 grams, and he was found down a cattle grid in Jerby. Somebody I know who actually held it and got it out for two hours took him a long time, but uh, he was all ripped to shreds on his feet. He'd been trying to get out of a cattle grid. I mean, as much as cattle grids stop the cattle getting out the farm, you know, that's hedgehogs and wildlife are falling down them. So uh, we really need to think about how we can change the, the design of a cattle grid. It's mm. just
1: letting children know and understand and, and educate them, isn't it, really, for not dropping litter, to keep an eye on cattle grids and etc. cetera. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you've mentioned litter
7: because um, the charity is about to launch and we're now registered with the government, Trash to Treasure Workshops. we're very passionate about this because litter on the ground is actually causing death to hedgehogs we get uh, images of hedgehogs stuck in cans stuck in crisp packets you know dying suffocating and this can all be avoided the four ringed beer holders they're dreadful Because what happens is the hedgehog gets its head linked in, and at that time it's actually able to continue to forage and survive, but as the hedgehog gets bigger, the plastic doesn't, and then it digs in and lacerates the skin, and then we have secondaries of fly strike, and then we have maggots, and then the hedgehog's eaten alive. So I give an average of about four talks a week, every week, going around the Alaman, talking about how we can prevent these things from happening, so just cutting The plastic on the the four ring can holder before you put it in your bin, you know, because sometimes stuff comes out of your bin, even if it's in the bin in the back lane. You know, it's a windy day, the top blows off, the seagulls come, it's on the floor, the hedgehogs come, and here we go. It's a cycle, but, you know, there's been a a heck of a lot of interest in this trash to treasure. And we are going to teach people to get in those bins, get those items out, reduce your waste, upcycle, recycle, reuse, and you're going to go home with treasures. And we're going to be doing our first workshop on the first Saturday of half term. I think that's the 27th. We haven't put that out on our Facebook yet because we do get busy, we get booked up. We can take on an average 15 to 20 in each session and then on the Thursday of half term which is just after Halloween we're going to do a whole day and uh, it's going to be sticking, gluing, painting, making with your trash and go home with a beautiful piece of treasure Do you believe days like today are good for children? This is a community event at the Community Farm Um, And the Isle of Man is full of that, isn't it? Um, So this is a fantastic event. Um, This is actually allowing people to see the work that the community farm uh, and the way it reaches out to the community um, and the benefits that you can have by coming here. And anyone can come here. They won't refuse anyone at all. Um, And this event is about educating. It's actually now uh, working in the Hedgehog House here, the Hobbit House, uh, how how we can um, save hedgehogs' lives. Um, and people are asking me a lot of questions. um, And um, it's all educational and, and education is the key forward. And children are very open to learning. And I've had parents, we talk about pesticide kill, We've been shaking our blue pellets in here saying, you know, just remember this, not really the time of year now, it's going to be coming in springtime. Just think about your pesticide when you're going out to try and get rid of your slugs and snails. And it's not that the hedgehog eats the pesticide slug and snail pellet, it's actually because they're eating the dying slug or snail. So it's the food chain. So it is, it's all important and we've had some fantastic conversations here today. Everybody
1: loves what we do and I'm just so happy that we created this charity two and a half years ago. That was Sandy Hoyton from the Max Hedgehog Conservation Society and Lee Brook. From the children's centre community farm.
0: That uh, sounds a, a lovely project there, and it's great that Sandy, you know, has got that, brought that interest with the hedgehogs that have sort of been a little bit, you know, if you're away from the wildlife, the Manx Wildlife Group and stuff like that. It's something that's on its own and, and promoting the. It's sort of welfare of the Isle of Man hedgehogs, isn't
1: it? It's a a little charity on its own like that. It's ideal. It pops up everywhere where she can get a chance. And up at the community farm at Walbury, there's a Hobbit House and uh, Sandy set-up camp there for the day with the hedgehogs, and the children were absolutely fascinated by them. It was an absolute brilliant brilliant opportunity for people yeah. to get involved and especially this time of year with the hibernation coming on board
0: it is and you get enthusiastic people like lee and the team there at the farm you know the, the kids just want to be there and be part of it don't they
1: this is it. it's seven days a week they're, they're flat out whether it's with young children or older children or people that just generally don't particularly like school they can come and take part in something they can enjoy
0: one <laughs> so i don't like work i go there <laughs> then for an hour or two yeah oh Sagan
1: <laughs> See, it was close
0: to begin, wasn't it? Benicles. I remembered the straw rope now. Yeah. And
1: what did they use the straw rope for? I think,
0: uh, of memory, it was used for you know when they build ha- old haystacks the traditional way, and they put the stuff on the top of it, you know, to the loose stuff on top, and they, they would put make these ropes out of the the old straw that wasn't maybe near the the hedges and things that wasn't quite as pure. And I think they'd wind these ropes and they could tie things down with it, you know, out of the straw. Oh, very seem to be good. strong enough
2: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to
0: you by NFU Mutual some good stories from the people at the Andrus Roots show there and also uh, people involved in the community farm and the the Hedgehog Trust, isn't it?
1: There's so many great events here on the Isle of Man. We're very lucky and we can attend as many or as few as we can, but some of these are definitely worth a visit at the weekends. And yeah, it's just a wonderful place, isn't yeah, it?
0: And hearing the, the stories about people you know, trying their hand in new businesses and seeing how it'll work and getting advice from other people who have maybe tried one way or gone the other and it's nice that they can all meet up at them sort of events and and chat about what worked for them and what hasn't really
1: That's it, sharing the knowledge is is something that they all seem to have done and it's great to hear some of the the fails and some of the successes and what they would try again or do differently and making five year plans, I think it seems to be essential, but the support that they're getting from DED and and DEFA I think it's been second to none for
0: them We'll leave it there for this week's Countryside We'll be back next week with more. So, from me, Simon Clark. I'm here, Keri and me, Kiri Komish. We'll see you then. Bye bye.
3: Bye bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new Superfast Plus broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So, don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high speed action with Superfast Plus broadband from Shaw. For details visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click Shaw.com.
0: Love the
3: Terms and conditions apply.